0: This is a podcast from Cambridge Assessment. For more downloads, visit cambridgeassessment.org.uk.
1: I'm Jeremy Hodgman, Professor of Math Education at King's College London.
2: And I'm Tim Oates, Group Director of Assessment Research and Development at Cambridge Assessment.
0: Jeremy, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Assessment podcast series here today. We're looking at, has mathematics education in England improved. Before we ask you has it? Tell me a little bit about why there are serious concerns at the moment about mathematics education.
1: Well there have always been concerns about mathematics education. People outside mathematics education think that the school system does not produce mathematicians or people that are sufficiently numerate for employment or to study courses at HE. But In terms of our concerns at the moment, the current government are terribly concerned, like many governments around the world, about international comparisons and how we compare to countries overseas.
0: And and you did say that you could sympathise with that to some degree. Well, in in the sense that, that if you look at our performance in those international tables in maths, we're plummeting, we're not doing well.
1: We're not plummeting if I were Education Secretary, I'd certainly be worried about mathematics standards. I have a lot of sympathy with Michael Gove, and I have a lot of sympathy with Elizabeth Truss, the Minister of State, who has a great interest in mathematics education. But if we look around the world, there are some countries that do extraordinarily well, and have actually come from a place in the 1960s, if we look at Hong Kong, or Singapore, or the big state, Korea where they, in the 1960s, did not have an education system to speak of, and now lead the world on both TIMS, which is a traditional curriculum, and PISA, which is a less traditional mathematical literacy.
0: And we've gone from 8th to 28th?
1: We perhaps shouldn't look at the rankings. We've gone from 8th to 28th, but both of those rankings have confidence intervals around the rankings. And there are many more countries that have entered PISA since 2000. We're looking at a group of 65 countries as against a group of 30 countries. But if we look at our scores, because our our scores are anchored over time, in PISA they're anchored to 2003 and in TIMS they're anchored to 1995. Well in in PISA and TIMS at secondary we're looking at a fairly stable picture over time in which we perform around the average for OECD or or developing countries. There is something of a good news story in primary. Our primary TIMS results our year five, ten-year-olds have improved from below average to just below the highest attaining group, which might be to do with the national numeracy strategy.
0: And and you you also pointed to a quote of Jim Callaghan's, but you you didn't tell us it was a quote made by a British Prime Minister in in the 1970s, but but basically looking at concerns over standards then. So so these concerns over mathematical standards have, have always been with us. So is it right that we're more concerned now?
1: Well, we should always be concerned, but we've recently conducted a survey in which we compared standards over time for the 1970s, and broadly, to answer the question, ha- has have mathematics standards got worse? Well, yes, they have. They've got a little bit worse, and they've got worse at the top end, and they've got worse at the bottom end. Particularly in algebra and ratio at age 14, things have got a slightly better picture in terms of understanding of decimals and number more generally but again although things have improved in the middle they've got worse at the top end and at the bottom end so yes Jim Callahan was was right to be worried about education in the 1970s and we're right to be even more concerned about education
0: now. But you said I do not join those who painted a lurid picture of educational decline. You said there are serious concerns but you remain an optimist.
1: We shouldn't forget. I've been looking at mathematics and we shouldn't forget that our system does well in comparison to many other systems around the world. To the developing world. If one looks at small states in the developing world or South Africa, we're doing so much better. And we're doing on an equivalent level to our competitor countries, the the competitors in Europe, the States. And we shouldn't forget that I've just looked at mathematics and there may be other aspects of our education system that are doing relatively well. So one shouldn't paint a picture of an education system that is in complete crisis, but there are very serious concerns about our mathematics achievement. And in my talk, I mentioned the case of an accountant, a partner in an accountancy firm using mathematics in ways that were flexible, that were embedded in their practice, that involved approximation, that were fluent. We aren't educating people sufficiently to do that job well. And, and what about and that's a concern.
0: Yeah, two issues before we come to Tim, just quickly... Textbooks and also calculators. Calculators is, you know, should they be using them? Should we be using them in the right context? What about computers, computer systems? And then the issue of whether actually the textbooks are good enough today compared to the past.
1: Well, I'll take the calculator question first of all. Calculators are with us. We can't ignore calculators. And our education system should should educate children and students to use calculators when they leave school. It's very, very important. I've looked at calculator use for a book called Bad Education, edited by the late Philip Aidy and, and Justin Dillon, in which I looked at what education systems use calculators and what didn't. And I compared countries that had a ban on calculator use, had restricted calculator use and unrestricted calculator use. What mattered in primary was unrestricted calculator use. The countries that allowed unrestricted calculator use, that means thoughtless calculator use, actually, did, did worse than other countries. Controlling for the less developed, poorer countries where calculators are less available. In secondary, what made a difference was banning calculators. The countries that banned calculators did worse. Now, of course, there are some issues with calculators, but it's very, very important to use calculators well. And in that study of accountants that I referred to by Margaret Dawson at at King's, the accountants use calculators all the time. They interpret with calculators, and they use spreadsheets, but they use calculators. To come on to textbooks...
0: Yes, because that's what you said. In the 30-year comparison of education systems, there are serious concerns. International comparisons need to be treated with caution, but we could improve... textbooks?
1: We could improve our textbooks. If we look across the world, there are some countries, not all countries, but there are some countries with better textbooks. Those countries tend to have better uses of examples, better uses of non-examples. Non-examples of, say, equilateral triangles or non-examples of ratio. And they tend to have a more consistent approach the use of models and representations. They tend to have better constructed exercises. We shouldn't forget that many of those countries have borrowed and developed ideas from the UK, from Europe and from the States. So the best-selling textbooks in Singapore, the best-selling primary textbooks are written by a team led by a guy called Fong who did his PhD at King's College London was supervised by my supervisor, David Johnson, a very great man. And he used ideas from the UK, he used ideas from the Netherlands, he used ideas from Russia in order to construct a method of representation called the model method. It doesn't matter what it is, but it, it's used throughout sec- uh, primary and secondary schools in Singapore consistently to enable kids to understand the mathematics that's going on and to understand those relationships that's very important
0: textbooks could get better okay two other conclusions we have very little assessment compared to other countries you say don't stop mathematics at 16 and mathematics education needs to be appropriate so which of those conclusions do you think if you were talking to michael gove now here what would you tell him to go and do tomorrow
1: of those three Tell him to encourage kids to study maths to 18, but he's convinced of them. Elizabeth Truss has convinced him of that, and that would be the most important thing. But in terms of improving our classroom teaching, assessment is vital. And if you look at Tim's, despite all the rhetoric of our system being a high assessment culture, actually, teachers are using very little classroom assessment in comparison to other countries that will inform learning. And it's that classroom assessment that enables teachers to tailor teaching to the needs of their students, to know what the students know and what they know less well, and therefore what they need to be taught and what they don't need to be taught, where they need to focus.
0: Okay, Jeremy, thank you for that. That's a very clear explanation of your presentation today. Tim, I'll turn to you because you you were agreeing assessment Michael Gove, is that one of the things that you think we could do more of, how can we improve mathematics education and does it need to be improved?
2: Well I I certainly agree with Jeremy in terms of an accurate look at the quantity of assessment in the English education system. The rhetoric absolutely in our system is is of a system over dominated by assessment. But when you do a detailed comparison of what we have by way of national tests, external qualifications, we're not a standout nation. We were. We were when we had a very dense national curriculum assessment strategy, but that's been lightened considerably. Where we've been very weak is on formative assessment, and that's been true ever since Ofsted has actually been looking at the quality and quantity of formative assessment in the classroom. It was something that the work by King's through Dylan William and Paul Black, Inside the Black Box. Their work on formative assessment held great promise in terms of enhancing educational outcome. When it was tried in Medway and in Oxford, they didn't get the kind of effects that they expected. And the assumption there, and it's only an assumption, is that classroom culture is really ill-disposed towards high-quality formative assessment. There are so many pressures acting on teachers in the current system of hyper that they're unable to enact formative assessment in such a way that they can unleash the benefits which have been yielded through experimental work in a broad range of settings. So I'd certainly say that better formative assessment throughout schooling, as we can see from the transnational comparisons... Formative assessment of high quality is absolutely vital. Can I also add as to why Cambridge Assessment is so interested in mass education and in the work that King's has been doing? Because Cambridge is, is fundamentally concerned with, with two aspects of standards. One is content standards, that qualifications actually contain the right things, so the right mathematics, focusing on things at the right level, the right areas of mathematics in the right kind of balance. And secondly, we're profoundly concerned with enacting appropriate awarding standards. So we have to get the right qualifications in terms of content. We have to get the right qualification processes in terms of the judgments we make about what it is that the kids have done and in assigning grades to those things. So all the evidence that we can get we latch onto and synthesise to inform those two things. And certainly the work of Kings, funded by Nuffield and by the ESRC. The strands of work which Jeremy has taken forward, we see as vital strands of work for informing both of those elements of our work.
0: Because maths is needed in everyday life for kids, isn't it? You haven't got to go on to do a degree in mathematics to know that if you go to a shop you need to understand mathematics. Everyday life involves mathematics and, and children need, mathematics as a skill as much as they need English. We just heard somebody say that you wouldn't hear anybody boasting that they were illiterate, but you can hear people saying every day, I can't do maths.
2: Well, that's something that our chief executive, Simon Leibus, emphasises, the a culture which permits us to shrug off the fact that we have poor attainment in mathematics. And that does set us apart from some other nations. But my own view about this kind of culture is that you can shift and change culture relatively easily as opposed to shifting other aspects of our society in terms of you know, the amount of money we have available to spend in public services and so on. I mean, that, that runs counter to a lot of people's view that culture is something that's difficult to shift. No, I, th- I think we can shift culture and we should shift that culture. What's very clear is there's a massive premium At a very practical level, there's a massive premium associated with mathematical understanding and attainment. And of work and other colleagues looking at the amount of money which employers are prepared to pay for mathematical competence, shows that, that it's both valuable and in short supply. And I believe if we tell that story to young people, we can encourage them to achieve higher levels of mathematics, that premium also shows that the deficit in our society is quite important, it's significant, and that undoubtedly it's holding back both societal and economic development. So we see mathematics education as being absolutely fundamental and mathematics qualifications of the right kind being vital for supporting better mathematics education.
0: And am I right in saying, Tim, that there's no one-size-fits-all approach to teaching mathematics, that, that if you're going to redress this imbalance in the education system of, of people saying they don't want to do mathematics, they don't want to continue with it. We, we need to have solutions on a number of different fronts.
2: Well we have formal general qualifications, GCSE, A level and so on. There have been various attempts to introduce more modest qualifications such as core skills designed to address the mathematical deficit in the adult population and also similar or analog qualifications foundation skills, basic skills to encourage young people who have not done well in GCSE to continue with mathematics but we've n- really not cracked this and again the work that Jeremy has done at King's shows that it's vital to have a multiplicity of roots not just GCSE or A level and alongside a diet of functional or core skills. It's important to have a multiplicity of well-designed routes which encourage people to participate in mathematics not only by virtue of the fact that it's needed, but by virtue of the fact that it's contextualized in such a way that they can make sense of it. And, And so our qualification system and the way in which it's been regulated has tended towards restriction over the last two decades to reduce the number of qualifications, to render a kind of spurious coherence to it. But actually what that's opened up are vast gaps in our mathematical provision, particularly post-16.
0: So just finally to both of you, it may not be a bad thing that we can look at those comparisons, whatever you say, the shortfalls of those international global comparisons are but we may look to the pacific ring singapore korea doing well and then just basically say hey we've got to do well and better too that that actually by looking at them and comparing ourselves it may help us pull ourselves up it may not be a bad thing
1: oh, I, I, absolutely I mean, we shouldn't reify those comparisons and we should treat them with a pinch of salt But they are valuable, and they're valuable in forming our political system and the political decisions we make about education. But they tell us something about those education systems. And certainly there are things that we can learn from them and things that they can learn from us. And one of those things would be that assessment for learning, formative assessment issue. I can't stress too highly the importance of formative assessment. Listening to kids and giving kids the space... To talk about the mathematics that they do, the way they understand mathematics, enables them to engage with what are quite difficult ideas. Our mathematics curriculum doesn't contain a lot of ideas, but they are difficult ideas. But because they're difficult, they're interesting ideas. And giving kids the space to talk about it, giving them space to inform the teacher about what they're doing, That's the way to improve our mathematics education system. And those are things we can learn from other systems as well.
0: Do you agree that it might not be a bad thing that we're looking to others and thinking, gosh, we've got to do better?
2: Well there's a lot of naive discourse about naive cherry-picking, naive international comparisons, policy borrowing, and we're at the forefront of trying to develop more sophisticated methods for drawing systematically from transnational comparisons. We're working with OECD, we're working with a range of other nations to help them develop their education systems, and I think there's a community of researchers emerging who are developing sophisticated approaches to drawing from transnational comparisons. There are those that say we can learn nothing. There are those that say we can learn everything and just crudely borrow from other systems. And the position is quite firmly in the middle. We can draw systematically from studies of other nations. We can both hold up a mirror to our own system and reflect on how we achieve certain things and how we're failing to achieve certain things. And we can look at the detail of what others do and see whether we can develop analogue approaches. But most important of all, I think, is that these transnational comparisons do show us what's humanly possible. So if other nations are achieving a certain level of mathematical understanding in children at the age of 11... If those systems are closing the gap between children and attaining higher overall standards, it signals to us that it's humanly possible. We may not use exactly the same approaches and devices that that other nation or those other nations do, but we know that it's possible, and we need to devise our own effective domestic policies to achieve the same.
0: Well, if I can put you on the spot, Jeremy, why are you an optimist, despite these serious concerns, just finally?
1: Why am I an optimist? Well, our, our education system isn't completely broken. <laughs> we have some serious problems. But, I, I, and, and, and mathematics has not improved and has got slightly worse since the 1970s. But there are some things that we do well. And there are some things that the, the best performing systems around the world do look to us. They look to us to do problem solving. They look to us to develop informal methods. We can learn from each other. As Tim just said, you don't just naively borrow from other systems. You use the other systems to think about what you do and to work with others to improve our education systems globally.
2: And optimism? Well, I'm optimistic because education is about bringing young people to an understanding of profoundly counterintuitive ideas. That's the whole purpose of education, and to do it rapidly and efficiently because of the accumulated sum of human knowledge. So, if we if we stop being optimistic about that, we're pretty much doomed. So, I'm an eternal optimist, and we'll work tirelessly to implement systems and approaches which realise the benefits of education.
0: Professor Jeremy Hodgkin, Tim Oates. Jeremy, your presentation, Has Mathematics Education in England Improved? Thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Assessment podcast series today. I've learned so much. Thank
2: you. Thank you very much indeed.
0: This is a podcast from Cambridge Assessment. For more downloads, visit cambridgeassessment.org.uk.